Hey there, welcome back. I'm Mike Roberts, your host, and we're here to talk about increasing and maintaining diversity in tech beyond the perks. So while companies think they can lure in people with unlimited PTO and dogs in the office, we're here to talk about how you can get them and keep them. Snackwalls is powered by Santa Code School, a social enterprise committed to developing tech equity through our groundbreaking apprenticeship program, backed by a profitable tech services company. Our business model is to bring diversity into development by putting early career software engineers on appropriate level projects with our oversight and providing companies with quality software services at a significant cost savings. So I'm going to throw it over to our special guest today in a few sentences. Tell us who you are and what is it that you do? Good morning. This is Isha Edwards with Epic Measures, um, specializing in marketing communications management, um, where we build a case, credibility, awareness, sales, and engagements for individuals and organizations that major on being distinctly different. Different. I like different. I am unique. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm often the unique person in a room when we talk about software engineers. So that's mm-hmm. not a different that I like to see. I want to see more same, same in that, in that area. So uh, what is the biggest challenge that you think is faced by companies that are looking to hire diverse talent? The biggest challenge I think companies are facing is internal. As we can see, um, it's at the hiring process, recruitment, retention, um, promotion, wages, et cetera. Um, As a marketer, my area of expertise harps on um, branding. Um, What external messages are you sharing with your audiences? And that includes candidates, prospective candidates. People are looking at um, bios and company information to see if the people within companies look like them um, or if the company is accessible as well as um, open to diversity. They're looking for managers and leaders who can build and grow teams. And if that's not distinguishingly different, whether it's on their website, communications pieces, et cetera, then it is hard to attract a diverse group of um, talent. So um, internally, I think companies need to work with HR, communications, and any diversity, equity, inclusion officers to make a more welcoming corporate culture Um, and then actively recruit individuals with first diverse skills, talents, thoughts, and experiences to their companies. Nice. I like it. So very attracting them with the right information and presenting it. So I like that. I like that a lot. So I'm hearing from other thought leaders that finding diverse talent is a challenge. What are your thoughts? Um. (laughs) This is 2020. You can Google, find, search, and look for anything. It is not hard to find diverse talents. If nothing else, stateside, we have HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities. FAMU is one of them that it has a, you know, specifically that's a technical school. Um, So it is not hard to find diverse talent. Every college and university um, stateside has career management centers, whether it's a community college, four-year institute. Um, our Ivy League colleges have the same thing. At the end of the day, people go to school, spend an exorbitant amount of money to get a degree, and it's up to the, the career and management um, divisions of, of, of colleges and universities to help place their graduates. So any company can reach out to their local co- college, local university, and say, hey, this is the type of talent I need. Um, in states like Georgia, 
California in particular, where there's a college or a university on every corner, um, it is really easy to reach out to these career placement um, de departments who will happily um, put out a request for proposal, request candidates, do interviews, prepping candidates for interviews, and exclusively targeting um, diverse groups of people, whether it's primarily female, people of color, women of color, et cetera. So there, there is a way to find anything. And if nothing else, you can absolutely Google it, especially yeah. on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the other place. There's no excuse in 2020 not to be able to find diverse talents. If you use search engine optimization or keyword searches in LinkedIn, <laughs> you will find diverse talents. Awesome. Agreed. Agreed. Um, what other experts like your, sorry, what advice would you share with a company that's looking to increase diversity and retain diverse staff? Um, most Fortune 500 companies already have diversity VPs. They may have them at the cabinet level or the executive level. Um, some companies still have diversity, equity, inclusion um, units within HR. Uh, companies from the, from the leadership, this has to come from the head um, down instead of from the grassroots up, have to actively put a mandate as part of their annual reports. Um, the reporting structures that hiring officials must basically follow EEOC laws. Um, that's the whole purpose of the laws are put in place. HR has a mandate to make sure that companies are in compliance. They shouldn't be policing and protecting companies when they know they're, they're actively, they meaning hiring officials are actively um, not recruiting and retaining and pr promoting people who are, who are um, within those protected classes. From my perspective, it's easy to do analytics. What does the demographic look like? From a, the protected classes within your companies, when it comes to salary, tension, promotion, et cetera, what are the metrics for that particular group? And what can your HR teams do to help your managers and leaders make sure that they are consistent with not only complying with the laws, but complying with the diversity, equity, inclusion derivatives that or, or initiatives that companies have in writing on their website that they put out press releases about that they go into communities and take pictures to demonstrate that they, you know, give back and that they're helping small and minority businesses, individuals or communities to excel or prosper. All these things are already in place. It's just a matter of leadership being the example, um, expecting raising the bar so that they can literally abide by the laws and then um, holding their teams, their management leads accountable from the hiring, retention, recruitment, et cetera. Then, compensation standpoint. It is not hard to look at me and, and, and compare my work at, um, outputs and, and accomplishments and achievements and pay me the same amount of money that you have paid my peer who may be a white male in the same organization. It is not that hard to, to just hear is the, um, you know, write it down kind of thing and, and, and pay me what you owe me, <laughs> as one of our favorite artists would say. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's one of those things where it's like, as you said, the data's there, right? So we have the ability to, as long as you're tracking it, right? And you're not just tossing it out the window. As long as the data is there, it seems reasonable that you can figure it out, right? So <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> so what other experts like yourself would you like to acknowledge as a leader and you think might be a good guest on the podcast like this? Um, actually, 
I can I, pref- I can refer you to some individuals top of mind. Um, I think there's a lot of people who are already talking and speaking and and sharing their thought process, whether they're civil rights icons or um, established CEOs, um, the few black CEOs who have had their two cents or um, media gurus on the, the different platforms who have, who have are kind of already said what they needed to say. Um, offline, I can share individuals with you that you might consider individual, interviewing individually, but generally speaking, there are enough experts, subject matter experts, people with experience, business owners, et cetera, people with titles um, that have already paved the way for us. Um, and I'm thinking here recently of, of two civil rights icons who have already passed. They have been doing the work. They have been leading by example. They have been telling the story over and over again since 1964. And at the end of the day, it's a matter of just doing what's right because it's right. Do you need somebody else to tell you what to do when we have had example after example from the highest office in the land to CEOs across the nation to to uh, presidents of other countries? Well, I think of Nelson Mandela and his legacy and how he was jailed and came out and forgave those who um, um, prosecuted him and then rose to the occasion to become president to lead his country in a, in a, in a nonviolent way. It's like there are an example of an example upon examples. I need managers and leaders to do the right thing, to start leading by example. And if nothing else, just do the law. It's in the books. It's in our constitution. Just do the book. Do you need somebody to tell you to do the book? I don't because <laughs> but, <laughs> but I actually true. hire people, right? So I, I hire diverse staff and ironically, mm-hmm. they actually told me, they're like, if you want to hire, uh, if you want to do uh, affirmative action, you need to like hire a lawyer and create a plan and a policy. And I'm, I'm just like, really? Like I have to do all of these things just to be able to get more people that look like me hired. It was just like, all right, cool. I guess, I guess we got to do that. But um, yeah, so there's the business of, of, and if you're in any type of business, those are part, that's part of law, from in fact to yeah. EOC, those kind of law, finance, accounting, information, all those things are part of doing business. Yep. That is a business expense. That's the right thing to do for it the is. simple reason that, that we live in the land of soup. However, <laughs> to your point, it is not this hard to have empathy, to have common sense, to have compassion, to have emotional intelligence as a leader. Um, I put the the onus on those who have gone to business school because for the most part, those are the the my peers I've gone to business school um, who had to learn all seven aspects of business, who had to learn ethical leadership and integrity and these kind of things. And those laws that you're saying, like, it's not that hard. It's already in the books. Just do those things. And I feel like if you've been and a lot of our leaders, especially if they're in the sciences, technical, et cetera, they know their skill software engineering, electrical engineering, mechanical engineering, research, et cetera. But they don't know business operations. So there is a trade-off, right? And that's part of that's part of diversity. You're not just hiring people of color or, or, or females. You're hiring people with those different types of skills and that they understand business. They know the law. They know uh, marketing. They know human resource management. And they can bring all that together to help you as a business prosper and, and help, more importantly, mitigate risk. Um, but it, the reality is when you're sitting in a boardroom with all, you know, people that have supposedly all this knowledge and know-how, et cetera, 
do you really need a black woman to sit in the room and tell you that everybody in the room is white <laughs> and that there's not a lot of diversity of thought, experience, resources, insight, information that can be shared to help grow your business? It's not that hard. I've seen and watched billionaires <laughs> in a room and, and it's like, how, how do you not see that there's a lack of diversity, not only on your right. team, but in the room? And so it's just a matter of saying, I see an elephant, but I'm not going to address it. So now that we've had this crisis, pandemic, uh, health-wise, and then civil unrest, now we're, it's like a mirror that's being put up to our nation. And we're finally being able to see ourselves for what we truly are. And if you look into that mirror and you cannot see that you have not been doing the right thing, then it is a personal assignment for you as a leader, a business owner, an entrepreneur, whatever your title is, that means that you are overseeing people to make a conscious decision not to um, be biased or prejudiced or racist, and also to hold your team accountable to those same principles. It's ethics at this point. It's empathy at this point. It's emotional at this point. I love it. I agree 1000%. So tell me, where can we find out more information about your company? This is the time for you to do the shameless plugs. So have at it. Epicmeasures.com, E-P-I-C measures.com. My name is Isha Edwards. Google me. <laughs> um, lots of information out there about what I do, what I accomplish. One of the things I'm working on as an entrepreneur is converting my entity over to a SaaS tool. Um, automation is the way of the future as you're in technology um, one of the things people need to be mindful of now that that things COVID, et cetera, has shifted or expedited the push to automated intelligence, all the technologies that have been in place that companies have been testing, it is going to be expedited. So I encourage people of color in particular to shift, make the shift over to analytics, um, STEM fields, anything technology oriented, because that's the way of tomorrow, <laughs> literally like by the end of this year. Um, and so my goal is to shift the, um, to convert my company over to a SaaS, to continue to help companies to be distinctly different. And within that space, help them to have the level of integrity and consistency that they have between what they say and what they do. Awesome. Well, uh, I think that puts us right at the, the time, but we can still go over a little bit and, or we can end now. So if you would, um, can you share maybe something about what you're working on? Or if you, if you like I said, if you want to end now, we can. Um, or you can ask a question. It's up to you. Um, so that, that's the main thing that I'm working on now is to to convert the company to the SAS tool. Um, and, and I don't know if you're wanting me to ask you the question, but the question that I would maybe put a challenge out there to right. those who have management titles to not wait for somebody to tell you what to do because that's why you're in charge. You are supposed to know what to do. When you don't know what to do, you have the capacity to pick up a phone, send an email, ask for help, whether it is reaching out to those who have um, expertise in diversity, equity, inclusion, whether it is reaching out to your marketing communications teams, um, your legal counsel who would understand EEOC laws and what you have that isn't consistent relative to what you're doing. Um, it is a challenge, an open challenge to those who are business managers and leaders and owners to not only raise the bar, but be consistent with what you say and what you deliver. 
to also ensure that you're aligning your initiatives, your goals, your business strategies with EEOC laws. There's no reason for HR to be part of the, the, the legal team if they're actually actively managing human resources, if they're actively ensuring that people are being compensated fairly, that there is uh, no bias within the hiring practice, recruiting practices. Those things is what they should be doing, not you know protecting the company from being sued. It's like if you do the right thing, you're less likely to, to be um, uh, deemed for doing the wrong thing. So yeah, open challenge to 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 do the right thing. This is not hard. <laughs> um, if you're an adult and in leadership, you know what to do. You just have to choose to do it. Yeah, I agree. You need to be more proactive, less reactive, and you need to show leadership. I think that's the difference between managing the crisis or situation and leading, right? right. Getting out there right. and doing the right thing when it's tough, taking a stand right. and, and doing what you need to do to mm-hmm. like, you know, Go above and beyond, not just the minimum law. And let me say this. I I do empathize with those who are leading in crisis and experiencing the crisis at the same time, whether it's um, family illnesses or particular people of color who have carried the weight of our civil rights icons who kind of passed the mantle over to us. And here it is, 2020. We're still trying to do 1964 work. It's there in the books. But having to go through that process emotionally, it's tough. And then having to lead the team and bring them up and keep them positive and moving forward and that kind of stuff in a crisis, it is hard. So I know that managers also need managing or comfort or a circle of people. But that's kind of why you have this kind of pyramid level of you have you hire the strongest people to do the best work. And so now is the time to look around and see who you've been hiring. And I am quite sure that there is a gap of people that have been overlooked that can fill this void because they've been doing the work all this time. So I empathize, but I also want to hold people accountable to to the roles that they have been paid to do um, as managers and leaders. Agreed. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on and joining us today, Aisha. Uh, I appreciate Mm -hmm. it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. The San Diego Code School is a proud sponsor of the Snack Walls podcast. The San Diego Code School is leading companies to tech equity. The Tech Enabled Apprenticeship Program is a venture whose heart is to do a lot of social good and do good work. You can help San Diego Code School secure funding for change by hiring developers, bringing a team in to relieve your backlog, or becoming a program sponsor. You can visit us on the web for more information at http colon forward slash forward slash sdcs.io. 